The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the latest episode of Lower Decks called Hear All, Trust Nothing. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hey, Jimmy. So Hear All, Trust Nothing is Rule of Acquisition 190. Yes, it is. Mm. And, and Father Corey Sika. Hey, Father Corey. Hey, Dom, but I, I thought this was the new episode of DS9 Season 8. <laughs> oh, if, if only. If only. <laughs> Folks, be sure to share the podcast with your friends. Help us grow this great community, and uh, we, we and also uh, share it online. Write an Apple review, but now go to our YouTube channel where you can see us live as we as we uh, record this on camera. You can see our happy faces and uh, help us reach more listeners. We really do appreciate that. I want to tell you about another show in the network you are sure to enjoy because you're listening to us. You're going to enjoy Secrets of Doctor Who, where you can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Doctor Who. And stick around to the end of the episode. We have some more of your great listener feedback that we want to share with you. But first, uh, Jimmy, can you give us a recap of this episode? This week, we get to go back to Deep Space Nine. Finally, super yay. mega awesome. Yay. <laughs> uh, Captain Freeman is assigned to arrange a trade deal with the Karema, a race from the Gamma Quadrant that we first met back in the DS9 episode, Rules of Acquisition. Captain Freeman makes uh, meets with Colonel Kira. Yay, Colonel Kira. Yes. Uh, prior to the negotiations. But Kira and Shax get into an argument about who saved each other the most times during the Bajoran Re Rebellion and who owes each other an additional save. Meanwhile, Boimler goes to Quark's. Yay, Quark Yay. himself is back <laughs> and starts cleaning up at Dabo. Tendi and Rutherford meet another Orion named Mask, who keeps going on about how piratey he is, making Tendi extremely uncomfortable since she doesn't like the stereotype of Orions being pirates. While back on the Cerritos, Mariner goes to hang out with the friends of Jennifer the Andorian, who are hosting a pretentious party or salon. This makes Mariner uncomfortable as she's trying to hold in her bossy take charge instincts to please Jennifer's friends. On DS9, things are going badly for the Karema trade negotiations, and they get even worse when the Karema representatives discover that Quark has a special drink replicator known as the Quark 2000. They then kidnap him. They use a special device to shut down DS9 and the attached ships, such as the Cerritos, and they start taking their own ship towards the wormhole to escape back to the Gamma Quadrant. Shaq saves Kira during this attack, adding one more save to his disputed total. And Rutherford, Tindy, and Mesk are trapped on the Karima ship. Mesk turns out to be a total pretender. He knows nothing about Orion piracy because he was adopted by humans and is actually from Cincinnati, Ohio. But Tindy comes from an Orion syndicate family and knows all about piracy. She uses her piracy skills to retake the Karima ship and stop it at the edge of the wormhole where DS9 can tow it back using a tractor beam. Back on the Cerritos, Jennifer reveals to Mariner that she's unhappy with her friend's behavior and wanted to see Mariner take them down. Freed of her politeness and with them all trapped in a room with diminishing oxygen because of the 
the uh, Karima power failure. Uh, Mariner phasers all of Jennifer's friends into unconsciousness so that they'll use less oxygen. Uh, with their ship captured, the Karima reveal that Quark stole their intellectual property to create the Quark 2000 replicator, which is why they kidnapped him. But Captain Freeman works out a deal whereby they can get most of Quark's profits from the machine and Quark can stay out of jail. Finally, while Boimler has been crushing it at Dabo, he eventually accepts a gift card redeemable for Quark merch on the grounds that they don't use money in the Federation anyway. The end. I just want to say right in front, we don't we don't accept Quark merch for our T-shirts for uh, the Secrets of Star Trek. No, no so, we, we, we are on the best capitalist when it comes to that. Yes, yeah, we don't even only. have we don't even have the giant attachable Ferengi ears that Boimler bought. <laughs> yeah. So. uh it's interesting. Tani Newsom is apparently she plays Mariner. She's apparently a big Deep Space Nine fan from even before. And she was so mad that her character doesn't ever get to go. Didn't ever get to go on board DS9. They rewrote the ending so that she could be in Quark's bar for that last scene. So I just <laughs> yeah. mention that. I love that. that, that. And, and in addition to Kira and Quark appearing this, in this episode, Morn also appears, yes. as usual, silent at the bar. That's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> so um, as you mentioned, Jimmy, the title of the episode is a reference to the 190th Rule of Acquisition. Um, mm -hmm. which And I don't know why they picked that one. Because there are others to to my mind that would be more appropriate. Yeah, here all trust nothing. I'm not sure what. I mean, it's kind of generic. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure how it applies. I mean, like the 285th rule of acquisition could be more appropriate. Mm. Remember, or it's no good deed ever goes unpunished. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um. Or even rule of acquisition number one: once you have their money, you never give it back. <laughs> Which would be a good one. <laughs> so th this one they was first heard in uh, the season five finale, "Call to Arms." So just thought I mentioned. I don't know if that had any reference to to this one, but um, uh, so we, if you recall, in a recent discussion in this season of Lower Decks, I mentioned it would be fun to have Rom and Quark show up in Lower Decks, and I'm mm -hmm. so grateful. To have that, I still want to see Rom, but uh, mm -hmm. I was grateful to have Quark show up. So that was a lot of fun. It is notable, and it's great to have Nana Visitor on on as well as Major Kira. But one thing that that is evident listening to it or watching it is in the 25 years since Deep Space Nine aired, their voices are 25 years older. They certainly mm -hmm. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, I mean, you could tell... Yeah, Kira sounded similar, but Quark did sound different. Yeah, the Army every, every once in a while. And, yeah. and then I wonder part of that is he played it a little bit different. And of course, you know, did he have the the, the prosthetic the teeth to yeah. uh, yeah. kind of because that was part of his it, how he was speaking. He's speaking through these prosthetic teeth on, on camera. And so that caused problems with, with his voice. But yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. They may not have used those. Yeah, that could be part of why he I would notice that he would sound different at the beginning when he would start talking. Mm -hmm. He would sound different. It's like that's not Quark. And then he would start sounding more like Quark as he went along. Yeah. 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 Uh, so they, we have um, another admiral show up. This one is uh, Admiral <laughs> Buen Amigo. <laughs> and he's yeah. he's he's been here before. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I just think is funny because it's it's Spanish for good friend. Yeah, yeah I love friend. I love how so originally the plan was that the Cerritos and another ship were going to go mm -hmm. yep. and 
and the other captain would be handling the negotiations. But now it's all being forced on Freeman, and she's not happy about that. But the Admiral explains because, you know, on Star Trek, they they frequently reroute the Enterprise or whatever to do some mission when it's in the middle of doing something else. Yep. So mm-hmm. they invert that trope here. And the ship that was supposed to be handling the the negotiations has been diverted. So now it falls on Freeman to do it. Right. And the Admiral tells her that that the other um, the other ship has been diverted to go handle a crisis involving a brown hole. And Freeman is like, that's not even a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the. the plan was to um, the the, the uh, Cerritos was carrying the gifts that they would be giving to the Karema, uh, which basically means lots of alpha alpha quadrant alcohol, like a lot of alpha quadrant alcohol. Uh, so that was yeah. fun. So they uh, they end up they they show up at Deep Space Nine and tacky Cardassian fascist eyesore. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's what Shaq <laughs> says. Um, and we get the DS Nine theme song, which is a mm, lot of fun. Yes. And, yeah, uh, and and taking off the original credits where the ship's flying around, you see the wormhole open. Yes, except in this case, it's uh, Freeman still vamping to try to like get ready for the negotiations. So Ransom tells the helmsman, "Just circle around. Just keep circling. Just just like yeah. like, dri- like you're driving around the block. <laughs> just keep circling. <laughs> Buy time." <laughs> I, I think our, our delay line is, you know, if we have to delay something in the podcast, just keep circling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we ever have a problem, that's like just keep circling. Um, so. We find out that, like you mentioned, Mariner doesn't want to go on the station with the others. Uh, the actress does, but the character doesn't. Right. Right. Because she's served there before, right? I thought that's she, what was... she she has been there before, yes. Okay. And so she apparently, I think she owes Quark money, I think is, is the... Yeah, uh, well, was... they, they play that out at the end, so... Yeah. And, uh, but then she finds out that Jennifer, her girlfriend, wants to spend time with her on the ship, and she's... I don't know. She's kind of fine. It's she's got this weird relationship where she likes Jennifer, but she kind of doesn't want to spend time with her. It's like a weird, weird. Yeah, I don't I I don't think they're officially like girlfriends at this point. I think they're attracted to each other, but they're nervously kind of being pals and it being pals and they enjoy hanging out together. Okay. Um, the, um, uh, I, I, I like it when, um, when the others are encouraging her to go and they just warn her not to be bossy. And she's like, I am not bossy. And all three of them just burst <laughs> out laughing. laughing. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> sure, boss. I, I think one of them said, like, sure, boss. <laughs> I have been in those situations with people. Yeah, like, you just are not that self-aware, are you? Uh, so, And then when they get on board, so uh, Tendi and uh, especially Tendi and Rutherford are kind of walking through the, uh, the the promenade and they're just so excited at everything. In, in like, mm-hmm. I, I noticed there was like a Batleth Saras yes. shop behind them mm-hmm. um, and they're like pointing out there's the um, the replimat and and Rutherford wants to run upstairs and hang his feet over the edge of the yeah. uh, railing, you know, yep. it's like Jake and, and always did. And and Nog. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And and we see him doing that and then Tendi calls him down because Mesk is being too piratey. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, Hey, I wanna have a heart to heart up here with the junior with the junior reporter. <laughs> and so we're meant to understand that Jake was next to him. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Uh so many Easter eggs in this one. That's so good. We also, yeah, we get a lot of references. So we get references to uh, Mirror Universe Smiley, yep. who was Mirror Miles O'Brien. And so we get a, a, a reference to Miles O'Brien. Also, the Karema 
are um, are not impressed with the station's shopping facilities or the the businesses that are on mm-hmm. the promenade. The Karima leader, whose name is Korzak, kind of says disgustedly, "A tailor and some tchotchke kiosks." <laughs> right. So we've got yeah. a we've got a check of of Garrick yep. and his tailor mm-hmm. shop. Yeah. Well, I love uh, when we first see Kira. Of course, she's in Cisco's office. Yes, and as the, the baseball, baseball is there, yeah. and as they walk in, she picks up the baseball and talks about you know uh, Starfleet throwing a curveball. Yeah, she throws yeah. the baseball up in the air. Yeah. So that brings to mind, like, so you know, at the end of the finale of D- DS Nine, uh, Cisco went into the wormhole, um, mm-hmm. and he's not back, and he's not back. Nope. Which I think, especially given that this takes place, you know, in in real time, like twenty something years later. No, it's set the year after Deep Space Nine. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is 2380 is 2381. Oh, I was thinking this was contemporary to Picard, but no, it's not. OK, Mm-mm. no, this so. is this is after this is Voyager time frame after right right after Voyager. Gotcha. That's gotcha. kind of when okay. this is set. So, yeah. OK, OK. That makes more sense, because I was going to say, like, are we canonically saying Cisco hasn't come back? But uh, maybe maybe in Picard. He that, has, maybe. That, yeah, well, that would be kind of cool, actually, if that's a surprise for Picard Season 3. Yeah, so so DS9 was set, uh, ended at 2375, and then this is 2382. Okay, so seven so years. So only seven years. Right after Voyager. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, and then we have Kira, of course, knows Shax, because he's a Bajoran, mm-hmm. and they were in the Resistance together, because Kira was in the Resistance with everyone. I, I like how the uh, before the argument really starts, um, Captain Freeman is trying to redirect the conversation between um, between Kira and Shax mm-hmm. as they're reminiscing. And she says, I'm sure it was all very rebellious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they start fighting. Yes. Who that was who. great. Yes. Who owes who and uh, save their lives last. Um they end up at Quark's. Quark's is now a franchise restaurant, which we've established not just in Lower Decks before, but in Picard as well. Yes. So yep. in uh, Stardust City Rag, we saw a mm-hmm. Quark's uh, on that planet. Um, but we've also saw it uh, in uh, Lower Decks, an embarrassment of duplers, and we'll always have Tom Paris. So it was we saw yep. it there. Um, and Quark offers Freeman to set her up with a, a Quark's Express fr- uh, franchise, which is a software in joke. I, I, I'm not sure if anybody, everybody gets that, but as a, a Mac nerd going Quark way Express. back, Quark there was Express. the main mm-hmm. layout program for many years. Bef- it was like the one everywhere was called Quark Express. So I, it I has to be a, a connection. Yeah, the, the, he wants to put it in the academy is where yeah. he wants right. to put it. And and he initially pitches a full Quark's restaurant. Um, but when Captain Freeman shoots that down, he's like, okay, well, we'll set you up with the Quark Express then, which is also a hospitality industry in joke because yes. mm-hmm. you have things like Pizza Hut Express and McDonald's Express yep. in airports. Right, right. Smaller yep. versions, not full restaurants. Yeah. Um, so we meet Mesk, who is the, uh, like you mentioned, the the other Starfleet Orion, yeah, Orion who's in Starfleet. And uh, he's kind of a, an in-joke on Worf, right? Because mm-hmm. Worf is yeah. a Klingon raised among humans who works really hard at being really Klingon. And mm-hmm. so Mesk yep. is working really hard at being a stereotype of an Orion, which Tendi, we know from previously, rejects the Orion culture of piracy and all that stuff. So it really annoys her. After all, you know, the, not all Orions do the piracy. Some of them given up five years ago. 
Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> that, was <her> line. <laughs> that was good. Um, He's uh, also got a what they call an Orion multi key, which is a kind of pirate tool that's it's actually it's a lot like a sonic screwdriver. It does a whole bunch of different stuff. I know. Yeah. yeah it's like the the, the, the uh, Leatherman of uh, of tools. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, we have Jennifer uh, in, who has invited Mariner to her salon, which is a, a fancy pretentious party, uh, which involves with her friends which involves candle making, which I think was so funny. Yeah. Um, and it's so pretentious right down to the finger snaps and interpretive dance of the Kobayashi Maru. And like, this like, Oh my gosh. So like, Pers- I don't know, just over the top. Uh, they're, they're talking about personal battlefields and Mariners like the little funny. Cause this one's mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I like how in talking with Jennifer's friends, Mariner gets another perspective on Boimler because it turns out that the, Jennifer's friends think Boimler is hot and that <laughs> yes. his purple hair is sexy. Well, like all the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the women in the vineyard, his family vineyard who all was like mm-hmm. throwing themselves at him. Yeah. Oh, so true. I think we're, I think we're going to be uh, having a Boimler as the unexpected you know, sex symbol uh, of, uh, of lower decks. Um, so, uh, back to the deep Space nine, uh, Quark refuses to do business with the Karema which we now find out is because he stole their their intellectual property to create his replicator that can replicate everything. And I, at one point, I think it's Ransom who kind of points out like it's a replicator. They just replicated drinks. What's so special about your about your replicated drinks? So which is kind of a thing that people have pointed out is why is Quark's on Deep Space Nine special. He's just replicating drinks and handing it to people. Can't you do that? At the replimat or in your quarters or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have established that and they're inconsistent about this because they've established that replicators work as molecular printing, in which Mm -hmm. case it should be just as good as the original. Right. Right. But they've also established that home cooked food or, you know, sentient prepared food is better than replicated food. So they're kind of inconsistent about the quality of replicator technology and and some of the drinks, the drinks that he serves aren't just replicated, but they're actually, you know, produced, you know, like think think like, you know, Chateau Picard, you know, or something like that, you know, where it's it's, someone has actually made this drink. I guess. Yeah. But like for the replicated ones, you wonder why you would go and buy like a a replicated synthahol beer, you know, um, for the social aspect. I guess. Why do people, why why do people go to bars now when they could go to the grocery store and buy a six pack and stay at home and have a beer? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they do that. I would rather stay home, but I'm an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us enjoy it once in a while. We are introverts. No, no, that's what, you know, I actually agree. I agree. Um, so when the Karema see the replicator, they almost immediately know that there's something, you know, hinky with it. And so they, um, they activate this device that shuts down the station. They grab Quark they he- and head back to the wormhole. Meanwhile, Tendi, Rutherford, and the Orion Mask are on board their ship, having been delivering the, uh, the alcohol, gifts. the gifts mm-hmm. uh, that they were yep. going to. And so uh, Tendi leaps into action and she's great at this. Like she's, uh, you know, she looks, you know, she acts like she has a, the instincts of an Orion pirate, but of course she's rejected it, but she brings it up, which is what we saw last season when she um, and Mariner mm-hmm. went to her home planet when they had, to, um, there was a, the, 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 um, they had to get that thing fixed for the captain that was broken. The, the broken thing. Art- yeah. It was an artifact. Yeah. It was, it- yeah. 
but in any case, uh, so Tendi leaps into action. Um, she, she, um, I like the fact that she uses, uh, she knocks a gold or latinum tooth out of this Karema's mouth and uses it to hotwire the ship, which is. Well, she didn't even knock it out. She yanked it out. She knocked right, the guy down yeah. and then yanked it out with the tool. Right, using, right. using the multi-tool as a pair of dental pliers. Yes, apparently has a dental plier function. Uh, so she does that. <laughs> and then, uh, and that's when we find out that uh, Quark had stolen the Karema replicator replicator and uh, sorry Boston accent coming out you got a little non-rotic on us there for a I second. know yeah <laughs> it's a karema well that's the problem is the karema replicator um and and so then we come up this plan where quark has to give 70 percent of the profits from his 76 percent of the profits to, yeah to, which i am sure is killing quark um, well, I love, love Freeman who says, well, it'd be better to be broke than in jail. And of course, like, no, it's not <laughs> right. He is a Frankie. He'd rather uh, have money and be in jail than. <laughs> yes. However, Mariner then threatens Cork back into silence on the issue by saying otherwise he'll give Kira a copy of the hologram of Kira's body with Quark's head on it. Right. Which which is from an episode of Deep Space Nine. Yep. Yes. Uh, what I saw that where there was a Meridian was the episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, uh, I guess I didn't follow up with the, the, the rest of Jennifer's things. She, she ended up, um, Jennifer and Mariner, um, Jennifer, it turns out brought Mariner to her friend's party because she wanted Mariner to shoot them all down. Cause she knows that they're pretentious and she verbally. wanted, yeah, and yeah. She, right. Verbally, she ends up doing it literally. Uh, and, uh, she she wanted to see her bossy side come out and Mariner was holding back. Um, so it was a whole like of the uh, I like you the way you are, not the way you're trying to be sort of thing. Well, going it, on. it was it was that's another great scene where Mariner's running around phasing, literally nailing him with the well, phaser, stunning him. And Jennifer's just back there laughing and clapping, you know, <laughs> yeah. as this is going on. The And apropos of that, so they've got these Impulian candles that they've been making. And yeah. when the power goes out because of the Karema attack. Um, the candles are burning oxygen and Mariner points this out, you know, saying in essence, let's, let's get all these candles blown out. And the host of the party or salon says, you can't tell us what to do. This is my salon. And Mariner, who is standing on a table says, and this is my phaser. And did you know that when you're unconscious, you consume way less oxygen? And the host says, so, and Mariner just stuns her <laughs> into unconsciousness and then goes on a shooting spree and stuns everybody else. It, including yeah. herself and Jennifer at the at the yeah. end. <laughs> so, yeah. Just yeah. as the lights turn on, right, you know, right. she, they stun themselves and then the light, the, the power comes back on. It can't be good for you, though. I just I wouldn't I just wouldn't recommend just stunning yourself on a regular basis. Um, <laughs> so and and that's that, that's about where, where it ends. Uh, what I have. Um, any other notes, Father Corey? So the uh, the ship that the Cerritos was supposed to meet was the Vancouver, and that's one we've seen before. If you remember, uh, the episodes was Cupid, Cupid's Errant Arrow. That was the one where it was the more advanced ship, and Tendi and Rutherford were drooling over how great the ship was, including they got the bet, you know the newer scanners and everything. Uh, and Captain Wynn was uh, the ca- same captain, and she was very, you know, dismissive of 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 Freeman because it was you know the lower, you know. Uh, the the Vancouver was a better ship and she was a better captain and so on. So we, we've seen that ship before. Uh, I love the gifts that they, they brought. They brought Vulcan port, all the bar and whiskey, rice and Cabernet, Romulan ale and Galdronian milk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I don't think, 
I don't think I've oh, heard about the last one there, but go ahead. No, that, that's that's why I think they probably made up for this. But uh, the other ones we've heard. Um, could and could then, the Valdronian milk be from the mil- the spiders that you milk in the pilot episode? <laughs> oh, I bet it was. Yeah, I bet, I bet it was. Yep. You're yep. probably right. They probably ferment it because it's all alcohol. Mm. Um, and then when when Mariner's talking about the the salons, she goes salons. What do, who do they think they are? Hemingway, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> How about you, Jimmy? Any other notes? I liked the sequence that's not very plot relevant, but uh, with Boimler continuing to just crush it at Dabo. And mm-hmm. there's a croupier or something, a, a Ferengi, you know, who's in charge of the Dabo table. And um, and he's getting progressively more alarmed at how much uh, at how much Boimler is winning and trying to find ways to divert him. And he like, I think at one point he thinks Boimler is cheating, but he's not. He's just incredibly lucky in this episode and eventually strikes on the Quark's box solution, Mm -hmm. which works for him. Right. But I like the performance by the I mean, Boimler's just living it up, having fun. And you've got this Ferengi who's going to be have to answer to Quark for all this. He's getting progressively more (laughs) desperate. And I, I don't think they even give him a name. No. But um, I I thought it would have been nice if they brought back one of the one of the lesser Ferengi from the bar like Broik. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they named this character. But I thought the actor's performance was really nice. Yeah, I I like this the, the this little subplot because first Boimler does the uh, bold Boimler right. He, he's mm-hmm. that's yep. been a theme. Um, fortune favors the bold. Uh, he's got his coin purse that he's yeah. using. And he doesn't have any concept of money, right? We don't have money in the Federation. So he doesn't understand why giving up all that latinum for a gift certificate, essentially, was a bad deal. And uh, in fact, he says at one point that uh, isn't wasn't Dabo made illegal or isn't Dabo supposed to be illegal? Um, Yeah. So uh, maybe in the Federation. Yeah. But they treat it all like that's the thing I like is it's like a theme park to them again it's kind of like when they went to montana for the you know the yep. uh for the warp um set from cochran place uh this is it's like a theme park to them and it's how a fan would react showing up at dc9 and i think that's one of the things that makes this episode in a lot of lower decks so much fun is they're acting like we would act and they would ask the same yes. questions of the of the problematic you know, uh, plots and, and dialogue and that sort of stuff. And so I, I really enjoyed that part of it. I'm looking forward to Mariner and Boimler appearing in live action in season two of Strange New Worlds. Yeah, because it's that's interesting how they do that. That's been confirmed. Although I want to see Rutherford and Tendi too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of curious how they're going to do that because, again, the time period problem. The, so time travel must be. Maybe. Yeah, something. Um, also, the actor for Boimler will have purple hair. Oh, good. nice. <laughs> Very good. Um, awesome. So uh, let's get to our listener feedback. This uh, feedback came on our recent episode 226, Room for Growth. Uh, this came uh, as a comment on our YouTube channel. Chris Mack wrote, uh, sorry, guys, solidly disagree on the adult content increase. My wife and I would let our kids watch prior seasons, but this season's episodes are continually being turned off only to be watched after they go to bed. The amount of bleeped out language, sexual content and a cruder level of humor is markedly higher this season. Statistically speaking, four episodes is a perfectly reasonable sample size when only four have aired. All four are inappropriate mm. for younger audiences to a degree higher than prior seasons. 
Well, I I wouldn't have said ever that lower decks is appropriate for younger children. Yeah. Um, or yeah. I mean, I I think this is a this is an adult cartoon. Yeah. It's not as adult as some. It's not as crass as some. But to my mind, this is an adult cartoon. Um, I as to have has the con as the amount of mature content gone up. This season, I would still defend that four out of 10 is not necessarily it's getting there, but it's I don't know that it's quite enough to establish a firm trend. And I don't know that the all four episodes were equally problematic and none of them this season have been as problematic to my mind as two from the previous season were right with Mm -hmm. the Mugato episode. I mean, that was off the charts, you know, at least one scene of it was. And um where Pleasant also, Fountains Lie was the other yeah, one. Yeah, the the Ren where Billups is the Ren Fair prince. guy who yeah. prince who's got to lose his virginity mm-hmm. and get married. And I mean that was that was pretty intense. That was more intense than anything this season, to yeah. my mind as well. Yeah. yeah I, I, but I your perceptions with, may be different. Yeah. No, I I agree with Jimmy. And I, I I seem to recall a couple of times where I've even said, you know, this is not for kids. You know, this yeah. even the beginning of this season when we started talking about episode one of the season, I, I seem to recall saying you know, don't show this to your kids. You know, this yeah. is, but, but, you know, again, your mileage may vary. You know, some parents might feel more comfortable with maybe a teenager watching something like this. Right. Right. You know, that, that's, that's obviously parental discretion. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's been bleeped out language. There's been that sort of stuff. And I agree. And, and I, I wouldn't say it's again, markedly higher, but like Jimmy said, uh, uh, there were, there were examples from previous seasons. So that were much worse than anything we've seen this season. So, and I, and I would say that this would be an episode that I think most parents wouldn't have a problem showing their kids. I don't think there's really anything here. That, I mean, other than the issue with Jennifer, but yeah, which and, is and that is low key. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. subtle. So, um, yeah. But thank you, Chris, for, for yeah. the feedback. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll keep that in mind. So uh, let's wrap things up. We'll take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including Jonathan R., Father Andrew K, Raymond L, Debbie A, and Bob M. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. This StarQuest show is also brought to you in part by Jacqueline Brown, the best-selling author of The Light Series. Check out her new release, Altered, on Amazon or any fine bookstore. Learn more about her and her work at sqpn.com slash brown. So, we'd love to hear what you think of Hear All, Trust Nothing, this Let Lower Decks episode. You can lo- let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media. You can send an email to trek at sqpn.com or visit our Discord community at sqpn.com slash Discord. We'll be back next time. We'll be discussing the next new episode of Lower Decks called A Mathematically Perfect Redemption. Until then, Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Thank you, Dom. Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thank you. Live long and prosper. And once you have their money... You never give it back. (laughs) And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, I definitely didn't have phaser all your friends on my bingo card. (laughs) 